Have you ever had a nightmare? Not the most enjoyable thing. But what happens when a nightmare seems like it never goes away? And the pain of abuse has you living a life that seems hopeless, dark, and fearful. Well, my guest proves that he is an overcomer and that you can be too. Please join me and Pastor Mark Soresby as we discuss his journey on forgiving the nightmare. You don't want to miss this episode, so please stay tuned. Hey everyone, it's MJ. Thank you for joining me once again. I hope you are having an incredible day today. I just want to take this time to say thank you to all of our listeners and subscribers and those of you who are new to the Change My Life family. Welcome. I hope that you would subscribe. There'll be many inspirational episodes that will be coming your way. And don't forget, you can also stay connected with us on social media. We are on Facebook as well as Instagram at Change My Life Podcast. So thanks again for your love and support. Okay, I am super excited about today's episode and my very special guest. He has been an ordained minister with Assembly of God for over 25 years and is currently the pastor of Christian Assembly of Schuyler in beautiful upstate New York. In 2019, he went through a time of great healing and began speaking about the experiences of his past and God's grace and the transformational work of forgiveness in his life. And I'm very happy and honored he is with us today. None other than Pastor Mark Soresby. Thank you for being on Change My Life. Oh, I'm happy to be here, MJ. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm honored and blessed to be able to share my testimony with you and your audience. Yes, yes. And so those of you who are listening, I know forgiveness can be very challenging, but in Mark chapter 6 verse 15, we are commanded to forgive. It says, "But ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses." And so as challenging as it may be with forgiveness, that's the only way you can really walk in peace and love and true freedom. I look at it as like this, you know, if you hold on to like a thorn bush, you know, you're always going to experience pain. But once you let that go, that's when true healing will take place. And so some of us are holding on to things and things that may have happened to us. And I'm, I'm not saying that it wasn't hurtful or anything like that. But once you forgive, that's when you'll be able to really walk in freedom. So my prayer is after you hear this testimony today, that you will be encouraged to forgive your nightmare. So Pastor Mark is going to talk to us about his journey of forgiveness in this awesome testimony that he has. And I just really want you all to sit back and enjoy this and share this episode with someone who is struggling with unforgiveness. All right. So Pastor Mark. Why don't you tell us, take us to the beginning and tell us a little bit about your upbringing and who raised you? I was raised by my mom. I was born from an affair. My mother and my father had an affair together. So my father was not in my life growing up and my mother was hurting and broken as a person. And she found comfort in, in somebody who would promise her the world, but would leave her broken and empty. And I was the product of that relationship. And at seven years old, my mother met another man. 20 years her younger and she would 
again have a relationship with this man and this man would come into my life when I was seven years old and begin to abuse my body physically emotionally spiritually and sexually he would sell me into prostitution to be abused by other men I'd be stabbed beaten I had teeth broken I would be hurt cut and abused in every way shape and form and those things happened in my life from the time I was seven till I was 14 years old it was an ugly time a lot of abuse, alcohol, drugs were around our home in those years. Just a complete dysfunctional situation. And I was lost as a child. I didn't know what to do. I knew these horrible things were happening to me. I knew my body was being abused. I knew my psyche was being stolen. My self-esteem, my self-respect was all robbed for me. But those years of abuse was just a time in my life where I was lost, hurt, confused. Because I didn't understand. I, I reasoned like a child, as it were. The Bible tells us because that's what I was, and those things weren't natural. Those things weren't healthy. Those things were wrong and evil. And the enemy likes to come into our lives and say it's our fault. The enemy wants to come in and hold us back and hold us down to those things of of hurt and pain. So I wrestled with those pains. I wrestled with those fears, those insecurities, those lost how things how the enemy tried to steal my dignity and tried to steal my value. Hmm. Wow. And you were just so young when all of that happened to you. When did you actually, and how did you come to meet the Lord? Well, you know, as, as you said, all those years of abuse in my life, and a term that we use now that we didn't use then, this was the late 70s, early 80s. It was 1977 to 1984. And I'll say in those years, the advocate groups, the, the support and the awareness of abuse was not like today. Today, schools, groups, organizations, churches are reaching out to help people who have been hurt and abused. But in those days, it happened behind closed doors. People didn't talk about it. It never happened to people like us, is what people used to say. So there wasn't so much help as there is today for people who have been abused. So here I was, seven years old, until I was 14. I was truly groomed. I was truly uh, brought up in a way of abuse and hurt. But at 14, I got big enough to fight off my attacker. Mm -hmm. I had my support, my, my uncle. I confessed to my uncle what was happening, and he became my defender. He helped me uh, get out of that lifestyle, helped me get out of that abuse, not a lifestyle, I apologize. Helped me get out of that hurt, helped me get out of that pain. And I went and lived with him for a, a year. So my uncle became my defender. I got old enough to fight off my abuser, but never once did I feel like it was my fault. I, in a sense, I always knew that what was happening to me was wrong. Uh, in my, I knew that this wasn't natural. I knew these things were so dark, so evil, so painful, that there's nothing, it was never my fault. And I think that was a gift of God to help me understand that wasn't my fault. Now, it doesn't mean the pain didn't hurt. It doesn't mean that the frustration wasn't there, and the, the hurt and the pain and the loss was all a part of me. But at the same time, I knew I knew it wasn't because who I was. I knew what was happening to me was wrong and evil. So at 14, I was big enough to fight off my abuser. And at 15 years old, we were living in an apartment complex. I was back with my mom, and there was a, a teenage uh, young lady who invited me to church. And she was a lifeguard. And I'll be honest with you, I would have went anywhere if she invited me. <laughs> I was a young man. <laughs> okay. She invited me to church, and I, of course, I, I said, sure, I'll go to church. And she picked me up with her boyfriend that night. Uh, it was not what I thought was going to happen. But she picked me up, and 
we went to youth group. And uh, it was a room full of about 100 kids who, who were my age, and they listened to my kind of music, and it was the 80s, so we all had mullets. I mean, we were cool. I mean, it was it was that time of our life. And, and the pastor the pastor asked, does anybody want to make Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior? And he, there was a time of prayer. And, and I didn't go to the altar that night, but on the way home, a, a man in the church, a young man, uh, uh, another youth, invited offered to give me a ride home. There in his car, he said, what did you think about what the pastor said? And we were talking about it. He said, you know, I want to lead you in a sinner's prayer. But I would come to know as a sinner's prayer. And right there, we would pray together. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me for my sins. And wash me clean. And the blood of the Lamb would be my Lord and Savior. And I was saved. I was saved because of the grace of the cross. And by faith, I was saved. Now, I wish I could tell you everything got perfect. All my pains went away. It was just the beginning of a journey. Just the beginning of and you know, as a young person, I didn't understand how far, how wide, how deep this journey would be. I just wanted a God who loved me, a God who cared for me. And because God loved me, and because God cares for me, he took me on a journey. And here I am, much older, uh, and, and I can tell you I'm still on that journey. That's why I call the ministry Forgiving the Nightmare. Yes. It's not all over. There's days where I'm still, I'm still wrestling. There's days where I'm still walking through it. Uh, there's days I have victory, I feel, and there's other days where I feel bogged down. But I abide myself in the Lord. I stand on the rock of Jesus Christ. I fill myself with his word. And in those moments, I know God is calling me. I can tell you, I love what you said earlier about the book of Matthew who tells us to forgive. I'll tell you, for a long time, I just turned the page. Oh, I preached in churches and seminars, but that was so hard for me to forgive. Hmm. It's so hard for me to forgive, and you know, because the world tells us we have the right to be angry. Our psychiatrists, our our flesh, our our doctors—they tell us you have the right to be angry. And then we read the that scripture and we go, God, how can this be true? How can I have the right to be angry when you tell me to forgive? And there's many days I just turned the page. I didn't deal with it. Hmm. Wow. So when did you, Pastor Mark, when did you decide to forgive the nightmare? Like what happened at that moment you said, okay, I'm going to forgive my nightmare? Well, you know, it really wasn't a moment. What happened was, is I just got closer to God and God got closer to me. So, you know, it wasn't like a day I woke up and I said, you know, today's the day I'm going to forgive my abuser, my attacker, my mother, my family. It was like God just called me to walk close to him. He said, Mark, abide in me, and I'll abide in you. I'll put, Come to me, and I will draw near to you. And as I walked in faith, as I got into the Word of God, as I stood on the promises of the Lord, as I trusted in the Word of God, as I, as Paul said, as I decreased, and loud, uh, John the Baptist said, as I decreased and let God increase, and I pick up my cross and follow him daily, I, I just realized in that journey, I was wanted to do what God wanted me to do. Mm. And I wasn't looking to the left or to the right. I wasn't thinking about forgiveness or unforgiveness. I was just being genuine, raw, honest with God. God knew where I was, and God knows what I was going through. And there's many times I shake my fist to heaven that I was frustrated. There's many altars I weeped at. There's many times I, I celebrated in Jesus' name. There's days when I was hot and other days I was cold. Days that I was both feet in and other days when I was one foot out. But I'll tell you, as I walked with God, it felt like my eyes were just cast upon him. And one day, God just said to me, just trust me. Trust me to help you forgive. 
Trust me to help you let it go. Trust me to help you surrender that. And what I tell people is I'm still very familiar with those pain and that hurt and that lifestyle of rejection and loss and victimhood. It's the way I was raised. I know that language. I was raised with the languages of lies. I, I lived in that dysfunction. It's still there. It's still a part of me. It's, I wish I could tell you today, sister, that it was all gone. Mm. But that familiar lie still calls me. Now, how do I overcome that? Is when I let God become bigger than my past. When I let God become stronger than the hurts. When I let God's grace fill me. So some days I feel like that past is beckoning me. My familiar excuses, my my brokenness, my loneliness, my hurt. Feels, some days feels like it's come on back, come back. You know this lifestyle. You know what's expected here. You know how to live here. But God's word, God's spirit, God's love is calling me, saying, abide in me, stay in me, come to me. And as long as I let God become bigger, it's like God, not that the pain went away, but God became bigger than the pain. Not that the, not that the hurts all went away, but God became bigger than the hurts. Mm. I hope that, hope that communicates. <laughs> yes. So awesome. Really so awesome. And this is a ministry that you have started um, about forgiving the nightmare. And the, I mean, the title itself is just so deep to me forgiving the nightmare because you know nightmares is something that people do not enjoy it's a bad dream and people always want to wake up from a nightmare they don't want to stay you have a good dream you know you want to stay but a nightmare is something you want to get away from stay away from wake up from and never go back to so you name your ministry forgiving the nightmare i just i'm just wondering is there a deeper message behind that that title there is i think all of us have a nightmare that we've wrestled with You've heard a little bit of mine today. You've heard about my abuse and my abuser. But all of us, maybe maybe somebody listening today says, you know, I've never been through that. And praise God that you've never had to have walk through abuse. But I would argue that everybody that's listening today has had a nightmare, a death, an addiction, a divorce, a disease, something, something that the enemy has tried to hold us back, mm. be a weight upon us, shackle us to, if you would, to to hold us down so we can't have the freedom that Christ gave us in his word. So all of us have uh, a pain and regret, a sorrow and a hurt that really wants to try to identify us. That tries to say, this is all you'll ever be. And for many years, the, the enemy would say to me, Mark, all you're ever going to be is an abused, broken a kid. That's all you'll ever be. You'll never, you'll never be able to uh, amount to anything more than this brokenness. But God promised me life and life more abundant. God promised me he'd never leave me nor forsaken me. God promised where I am weak, he is strong. And I think the enemy loves to come into those places in our life where we've been wounded and rejected, where we regret and we have fears and say, that's all you're going to be. All you're going to be is that broken person. All you're going to be is that messed up person. So why try? But God says, no, you're a new creation. I've given you the mind of Christ. I've taken that heart of stone. And I've turned it into a heart of flesh. You can walk by faith and not by sight. You can be a world changer. You could be a new man. You can put on that, that garment of praise to take off that spirit of heaviness. So, you know, that's what forgiving nightmare is. You heard my nightmare. But I would argue all of us have, have a nightmare that we've all have to learn to forgive. And forgiveness is freedom. Yes. Forgiveness is freedom. Uh, the freedom I found on the cross because of what Jesus Christ did for me. 
that I'm free. I'm free in Jesus. I'm free to know that my sins no longer are held against me because of what Christ did. And I love how you said that earlier today, that when you learn to forgive, you truly, truly break the bond between you and that pain, you mm. and that hurt. My uncle, my protector that I told you about before, one of his hobbies was to have a sailboat. And it wasn't a fancy sailboat. It was a, it was a working man sailboat. It was a nine-to-five guy sailboat. It wasn't this big yacht. It was a very simple sailboat. But we grew up in New England, so we grew up near the ocean. And it was a very, very, very blue-collar man sailboat. And it would steer, you steer a sailboat by a rudder, that little piece that comes out of the back of the boat. You, you steer it, and where you point that rudder is where the boat will go. And I realized for many years, I was steering my life. The rudder of my life was my past, was my fear. I was steering away from things. I was avoiding things. I was, I was making excuses. I was steering my life by my pain. But Christ wants to be the one who guides us and leads us. His word is a lamp into our feet. So, you know, for that pain owned me for a long time. That I'd make decisions because of that pain. I would reason through that pain and rejection and fear and insecurities and loss. But when Christ filled me with his spirit, when his word became that rhema word that touches us, I was able to walk in a healthy way and steer my life according to his purposes and glory. Yes, yes. That is so awesome. Really, I'm just so moved by your story. I'm just, I'm just sitting here like, wow. It takes strength to forgive. It really does. And I'm inspired that despite of all the things that you went through, that you were able to really forgive the person that abused you. I think that is so, so awesome. And I know it's a struggle for people to forgive because of, you know, they don't want to deal with the hurt and the pain in the past and all of those things. But sometimes they like being the victim. You know, they like being in that place where people feel sorry for them and they cater to them and all of those things. And so, but it's really not a healthy place to be in. And so can you tell us like what happens to people that continually see themselves as the victim? Like they don't want to forgive or anything. They want to be in that victim state and they want to stay there. Well, there's a power you know, I, I lived in that state for a long time, so I'm not going to point a finger. I'm going to take the log out of my own eye before I take twig from my brothers because I lived in that state. There's a power. There's an influence. There's an excuse because you could say, I am this way because of this. And that was my story. And I'll never forget the night that the Lord said to me, Mark, I, you're not a victim anymore. Yes. I felt like a part of me was going away. That was my identity. My identity was victim. See, I knew how to use it for my gain. Even after the abuse stopped, even after I got involved in church, I would come home late. My mom would give a curfew. And, of course, I'd be a teenager and stay out past my curfew. If my mom got upset, I would say, well, I was the one that was abused. I won the argument. My single mom that had no money, uh, she worked a really hard job. She worked third shift. And you know who got a car? I got an old car. She did her best to buy me a car when I turned 16. She didn't have the money to do that. Well, why? Because I used my victimhood to gain. And I remember when the Lord first rebuked me of it, 
Hmm. And then he told me to walk away. When he told me to walk away from it, and literally, literally, I said to God in my own voice, an audible voice, I looked up to heaven and I said, God, if I'm not a victim, what am I? If I'm not a victim, that's all I know how to be. Then what am I? And not my heart, not in an audible voice, but in my heart. The Lord says to me, Mark, you're no longer a victim, but now you're victorious hmm. because your vic your victories in me. He brought me to a piece of scripture. It's found in Genesis. It's the story of Jacob and Jacob wrestling with the angel. And as he wrestles all night with the angel, he says to the angel, I want you to bless me. And the angel says to him, you're no longer Jacob, but now you're Israel. You're no longer Jacob meant deceiver and liar in the Bible. And he says, now you're no longer Jacob. You're no longer the deceiver. You're no longer the liar. But now you're Israel. You're, you're the one who has wrestled with God and man and has overcome. So Israel literally means overcomer. And I think that's what God does. You know, the world, Satan, situations, people try to put titles on us. They try to put broken and hurt and lost and foolish and all kinds of ugly titles people try to put on us. But God, but God, Christ, the Holy Spirit, Jesus himself calls us something else. He calls us sons and daughters. He calls us king kids. And he says to us, we don't have to be Jacobs. We don't have to be victims. We don't have to be the broken, but we can be made new. We can become overcomers. Now, again, the past rises up. And there's days where that victimhood, boy, it feels good. It's like a nice warm bath. I know all about <laughs> it. You know? And there's times when I'm stressed out and I know I can win the argument. I can get my way if I play that card. You know what I'm talking about? And the Lord says, no, no, that's not what... That's not what I called you to do. Trust in me. So it's very tough. You know, it's very tough because we are victims. Yes. And, and, you know, we are victims. And somebody steals so much from you. And in forgiving, you know, I was able to forgive my abuser. Now, now but forgiving isn't foolishness. It's a spiritual walk. And I believe where a justice needs to be made, a justice should. Just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean you don't want to see justice done. Just because I've let go of the offense doesn't mean somebody doesn't have to be responsible for their offense. So again, I think sometimes people go, well, you forgive and forget, and you move on, and you go have Thanksgiving together. No, no, no. I don't let my <laughs> abuser babysit my children. Right. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> you know, so did I forget? I didn't forget. I don't, I don't wish death upon them. I wish that the Lord would touch him or this person who abused me in their own in God's grace and mercy. But at the same time, I'm no fool. You know, again, I don't let him babysit my children. I don't I don't say that he has to uh, not deal with any justice that is that is uh, come is due for his offense. So I love forgiveness, but at the same time I'm not foolish about forgiveness. And I also think that in the journey of forgiveness, God puts a lot of people to help us. Ultimately his love, ultimately his spirit, but he puts counselors and psychiatrists friends and pastors and teachers and counselor he does all this so I, you know if you gotta see a counselor go see it you know if you gotta walk with somebody walk with somebody in your journey i did so you know all those things are good tools but one day god will say trust me yes. and it's hard it's hard <laughs> yes yes I'm, i just love how you broke that down um about being a victim that was good i know someone was blessed by that I definitely was. 
I, I have a question. I'm well. I'm kind of curious because uh, I heard you talk about you know your mom uh, raising you and your uncle stepping in and and defending you. Have did you ever meet your real father? I met my father at 45 years old, and again, it was not a season of of daddy and buddy or little guy and and pal. But what it was was a time that I was really honored to have with my dad. I met him at 45. I knew him for four years before he passed away. And it was great to meet somebody who looked like me and could tell me a little bit about health issues and, and life and tell me about where I came from. And I'm glad I met him at that time in my life. See, if I met him before, I would have still been angry. You know, hmm. Why weren't you in my life? Why did you walk away from me? Why did you abandon me and my mom? Why why weren't you there? Why didn't you know? And, but at 45, I made enough mistakes of my own to be able to understand that sometimes life throws us curveballs. And at 45, I was just so thankful to meet my dad. I didn't have any expectations. I wasn't angry anymore. Oh, yeah, I was still sad that I didn't grow up with a father. I'm not trying to excuse that. But I was old enough to be able to say, life, sometimes we make mistakes. Life, sometimes there's challenges. And I was more thankful for what I had than angry about what I didn't have. So I was thankful that I could call my dad and talk to him and talk to him about sports and talk to him about family and talk to him about uh, what he was like growing up. So it was it was just the right time in my life. Again, if you would have met me at 20, I would have been angry. Get away from me, Jack. You know, you abandoned me. What do you want me for? If I met him at 30, I was too busy. I was married, raising kids. But at 45 was just the right time. I was mature enough to understand and still young enough to, or still, I hope, uh, still young enough to care. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. wow. Wow. That's amazing. So I, I heard you on your testimony before you talked about, uh, forgiving at different levels. Can you expound on that a little bit? Sure. You know, when we forgive at different levels, I, I think I mean that in a sense that we forgive what we, what's in front of us. We forgive what we know. There's some things that we just don't know until we know them. I tell a story and it kind of goes like this. I believe that I was walking through forgiveness. I was putting it under the blood. I was laying it on the altar. I was calling out on Jesus' name. I was standing on scriptures. And my wife and I got married and we were expecting our first child. I was as nervous as any young dad would be and thinking about finances, thinking about how am I going to raise this baby, you know, all the things that I think young fathers think about and I was there of course the day he was born he came into the world the usual way and the doctor put him in my hands and I remember holding my son thinking to myself I've never loved somebody this much hmm. I've never loved somebody as much as I love this baby right now that I would sacrifice my own life for I will always give I will always surrender I will always go forth to give this child the best I can not that what I always give is perfect but I'll always try to give the best I can and in that moment of me realizing how much love I had for this child the enemy came into my heart into my mind he started to lie to me and said no one ever loved you that much no one ever loved you as much as you love in this baby no one would sacrifice for you no one would go out of their way for you no one ever loved you this much And in this moment of pure joy, a moment of pure happiness for me, becoming a new father, the enemy tried to steal that from me by bringing up my past, bringing up my hurts. But there in that moment, 
I believe God spoke to my heart again. And he said, I've always loved you that much. I've been your Abba Father. So when we forgive on different levels, we forgive what's in front of us. Yes. And, you know, as a 20-year-old, we forgive in one way. And as we grow, we become a 30 and 40. And now I'm in my 50s. I know it's hard to believe. We forgive at a different level because life and situations and people. So we forgive what's in front of us. And as we grow and we understand sometimes, sometimes I don't think we truly understand the depth of the offense until we get older. You know, we understand how bad things are and we forgive that. But God says, come on, I'll help you forgive all of it. Because when he is, begins a work in us, he's going to bring it to completion. So I think we forgive the different levels, but we forgive what's in front. And as we go further, further and we walk deeper, God will show us other facets of, of that. We'll forgive those things and we'll continue to forgive and forgive. As Christ has forgiven us, may we forgive others. Wow, 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 wow. Pastor Mark, I just, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your, your powerful testimony. And I just hope that someone out there was encouraged to forgive after hearing this. I am just so, so blessed by this testimony. Seriously, it was so good. And before you go, I just, I, I would like to ask you if you have a message for people who just feel like they can't forgive. Maybe they just, the, the pain was just so traumatic. They don't want to face their past or they're just stuck in that whole victim state. What is your message for those people? Go to Jesus. <laughs> yes. Go to Jesus. You know, in God's, in Jesus's message, in his, in the prayer we call the, the our father, it doesn't start with forgive our trespasses. It starts with hallowed be thy name. And I think if we start there, if we start with hallowed be thy name, we start with the love of God, we start by trusting and believing and hoping in the Lord, eventually, as we grow closer, as we grow deeper, God's going to remind us, you can forgive those trespasses. But sometimes we want to start there. God's like, listen, just come, just come rest in me, because your burden is heavy, but mine is light. And as you walk in me, and you walk in my grace, and I am your Savior, and I am your God. As you walk in that, eventually, because he loves us, he's going to say, we got to deal with this elephant in the room. we got to deal with this rock that's before us. But they're usually not on the first day. He usually just says, I love you. I love you. So I would tell your listeners, go to Jesus. He's awesome at taking care of messes. Yes. Most definitely. I, this was just so powerful. I appreciate you coming. So tell people if they would like to connect with you or connect with this ministry for Given a Nightmare, how can they do that? There's two great ways to connect with us. First is online at forgivingthenightmare.com, forgivingthenightmare.com. And also you can find us on Facebook under the same name, Forgiving the Nightmare. So forgivingthenightmare.com and also on Facebook at Forgiving the Nightmare. And this winter, the winter of 2021, we hope to have our book released by the same name, Forgiving the Nightmare. Wow, I'm so excited about the book. I'm definitely going to get the book. I hope you all will connect with this wonderful ministry and buy the book when it comes out. I'm sure it's going to bless you all. So please share this episode with I hope you guys enjoyed this powerful testimony on forgiveness. 
If you have not already, please subscribe because there'll be many more inspirational episodes that will be coming your way. Change My Life is taking a little break. We won't put out any episodes in July, but we'll be back in August with more wonderful content for you guys. So please stay tuned. Wow. Who knew? Forgiving My Nightmare would change my life.